Welcome to the Queen Divas, Queens of Fitness podcast. Join your hosts, three-time WBFF world champions and WBFF royalty, Alicia Gowans and Stephanie Ayala McHugh, as we explore all things female health, training, competing, mindset, and living the fitness life every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Queen Diva's podcast. I know it's been a hot minute, and as you can tell by my voice, I've been pretty sick. This is probably the best I've sounded in about two weeks. And in fact, um, last weekend, I very nearly didn't even make it to the registration meeting for our show in Sydney. Um, And then for show day, I couldn't do, because I had a bit of vertigo, I couldn't stand up properly. I couldn't do the gala walk with the crowns on stage and I could not even do my awards. I always do the gala walk. I always give out awards. Oh, you've been sick, darling. That's Yeah, I had a moment. Good to see you. Oh, we have returned everyone. And I was we like, are here. We are alive. We're surviving, but we're, we're actually thriving. <laughs> just, um, you know, just having a little hiccup here, <laughs> a little health hiccup. And we actually want to touch base on some of that, like just a little catch up, actually. Ali, how have you been here besides the sickness? Oh, you know, it's so funny. I had a, um, I had to like, this is the hard part when you're sick, Steph. I don't know about what it's like for you because I don't get sick often. So this is actually the first time I've been sick in a, a freaking very long time, like a solid couple of years. And um, I find it really hard to turn up on social media when I'm unwell. Oh, yeah. I had, like, obviously in my social oh. schedule, I had talking points I had to do and I had to record yeah. a post, right, post the show in Sydney and it was a post about, you know, like the, the diet after the diet, how much it sucks, how hard it is to reverse diet. And I'm like, it took me all day sipping four lem sips, which you're only supposed to have like, I don't know, every four hours. I had four lem sips and all these soothers to be able to get enough voice to record the recording, right? I recorded it and I sounded honestly like I belonged in Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Um, and, and anyway, recorded it, posted it. I actually had someone comment on it going, is your voice deep because of drugs? And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm currently tiny. What a troll. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, if they really knew you. Oh, gosh. Question that. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's that's funny. That's totally normal. I feel like anyone (laughs) right now that feels a little more fatigued. (laughs) Ali, the whole reason why this year has been an off year for me was because of that. Like my body wasn't recouping, wasn't recovering. I was getting ill. I was getting sick. And I was, I mean, I was doing all the things to take care of my body. You know, I was literally doing everything in my means to make sure my immune system was taken care of vitamins that, you know, might've been a little bit deficient um, and just protocols with higher antioxidants and just trying to really create less inflammation in my body. And my body still was in a, such a, still, still oh yeah, I was not ever catching up. And it wasn't until recently, which I, I do feel like my body has finally came around the corner just recently, which is crazy guys. I mean, it's more than half the year now, like we're, we're sitting in, yeah. And if we really reflect here, which we haven't done an episode of reflection, which I definitely <laughs> thought was uh, a good thing for us to, you know, quickly go and see how we've been doing the first six months of the year uh, versus what these next six months will look like for us. <laughs> we can't, you know, just kind of 
I don't know, stall, which we, a lot of people do, right? We start kind of uh, maybe putting things on the back burner, our goals that we might've set. So pivoting, like actually kind of re maybe setting or, you know, maybe analyzing, is that something still realistic for the rest of the year? Um, and what have I done? What have we already achieved that was on that list, um, which we have kind of gone through on our previous episode, but I, I think um, mainly going forward is what is next, right? And I think that's um, something also that we'll touch base on. But uh, for today, we have a juicy episode and we want to touch base on all things pelvic floor, um, anything dysfunction related. Ali, you are also going through some of these things uh, right now since yeah. you are pregnant. Sure. I think, look, let's start this conversation with a bit of a funny story first. Um, you know, the first time I ever really went, oh, shit, you know, this is something that we should focus on was when I was training for powerlifting. Because do you want to know what? They actually have this thing and there's a wall, well, where I was doing it anyway, there was a wall, the squirt wall. And the squirt wall <laughs> is basically when you're in competition as a female and you let go make a mess on the platform and apparently it's very very common and i i was mortified i'm like what the fuck like like how embarrassing would you feel (laughs) and they're like this is like legitimately it happens every single comp it happens with more women than it doesn't um and it made me so paranoid about whether or not i was gonna be someone's gonna be that girl (laughs) i actually went to my first health women's health physio and had an internal assessment and i had my pelvic floor ranked and rated for how was and I know we've discussed this in a previous episode you know a year and a half ago when I was pregnant with Georgie about the levels so you know your pelvic floor is like it's in an elevator and you're going up the levels right Mm -hmm. and it has five levels in it so you want to have a ranking as close to five as possible and I was always a 4.5 to 5 so I was always really strong but they rank it in two ways there is a ranking of total strength. So that contractibility that creates, um, you know, really great stabilization for the pelvis, really great, you know, bracing in your big lifts. It's that sort of stuff. That's your basic one out of five. But then there is a thing called a, uh, I'm trying to remember the exact term. I'm going to bastardize it, but it's basically like a quick fire. So you have the long duration contraction, which is important for the big lifts, but then you have the quick fire contraction. Now the quick fire contraction is the ability for the pelvic floor to flicker on and off real Mm -hmm. fast like this. And that's actually not something that most women have, but guess what it's relevant for when you are laughing uncontrollably, uncontrollably, when you sneeze, when you cough. Coughing, yeah. Yeah. So that is the strength that comes from that. Now, when we tested that, that was a little bit less for me. So I was like a 4.55 on the strength strength. And then in the quick fire, I think I was a four. So I went to the level four. So I was still though on the scale of it really good. And I can report that I did my massive lifts and I didn't squirt on the platform. Yay for me. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Ali. But for those that do, it is common because I mean, don't get me wrong. It is, it is something that I have heard of. I didn't know about this platform though. I had no idea yeah. that kind of gave me Yeah, so of, they actually like, like, and it's black. So it shows up. <laughs> you um, can, yeah. I mean, besides the hygiene <laughs> issues that come with all of that. I mean, regardless, I mean, it is, it is, it is a common thing. So and that's what um, I was going to say. The moral of that story too is 
if this is you and you're listening to this and you're like that woman that goes, oh my God, I do that. Like if I start laughing, like my best friend, when she starts laughing really hard, she has to stop walking. <laughs> and Because she's like, Shut if I stop across the legs, I'm going to piss myself. So I literally so piss myself from laughing. So, <laughs> And so night, this is a big, this is actually a big and common occurrence for most women. And so especially women that have had babies. So if you're listening to this and you're like embarrassed, thinking far out, that's me. Don't be because it's actually a lot more common than you think. And if you're listening to this and going, holy shit, that's been me. I've been in a big spot and I've literally felt myself. Yeah, right. Deep, deep, big breath in. I've honestly wet myself. You're not abnormal. And however, there are things to do to fix it. So I just thought I'd start the story with that because I think it's a great way to lead into the fact that, hey, pelvic floor function And pelvic floor is not just for people to worry about that are pregnant like me. Uh, It's not just postnatal, you know, concerns either. You should be keeping this shit strong. You should be keeping this thing firing well before you even fall pregnant for the people that have that in their future. And if you don't ever, ever want kids, that's fine. You just don't want to be the person that squirts on the platform either. (laughs) So (laughs) think about it still, right? Totally. And there's a lot of other benefits too, like with, when it comes down to having a strong pelvic floor, I mean, it just trickles down to so many other female um, things besides incontinence. I mean, it even goes into a sexual life. So I think it's very important for for any female that, I mean, it's just not even planning to maybe even be pregnant. I mean, if you're just planning to be actively, you know, obviously sexually active, right? Like you, you want to have that strength. It's, it's really something. Right. Yes. To utilize that muscle in your favor. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. You know, so we want to also an important plays an important part too, with the organs inside your pelvic region. So for anyone that doesn't, you know, know this and isn't aware bladder control uh your uterus and your rectum uranus are actually also all supported by the pelvic floor so you don't want to be sloppy any in any of those areas because <laughs> it's not going to me that's actually you know leading into pelvic floor dysfunction um i feel like not just the lack of a pelvic floor strength but the activation of you knowing what that feels like it's actually not really something you're going to feel very strenuous work when you're doing pelvic floor, you know, exercises. It's actually a lot more about breathing. It's about knowing how your pelvic floor actually sits, first being aware of that. If you've never seen a diagram, I think it's very important for you to see one just to visually understand kind of how that pelvis even sits number one right why is it called the pelvic floor right it's protecting right a lot of that pelvic region it has a lot of other areas that were connected like Ali just mentioned that um I mean we we do fire up right absolutely but this also goes into the big movements that we do um such as those hip thrusts that we're always you know constantly programming or putting into our you know exercises there and doing are we properly doing them most of the time i see these exercises being performed with no good pelvic actual thrust because that pelvic floor is so weak um and you can tell that individual has a weak pelvic floor which allows them not to contract the glutes is good so all of this trickles down not just um for of course pregnancy reasons um that of course is one of the biggest benefits to make sure that you do have a successful pregnancy. 
and so a successful postpartum journey. Puts, uh, like it's also put on any so much um, duress during pregnancy, right? So the hormone fluctuations that change the way that things sit, soften mm -hmm. that whole area. And then you've got the increasing pressure of the growing uterus, the placenta, and then the baby. You think about that. Your day-to-day -day movement has more impact on that pelvic floor. And if you don't have control over it to begin with, and it's already weak, your likelihood of having dysfunction post is really high, but also prolapses. So actually, let's get into that for a second, because prolapses happen for a lot of women that have never had kids, people that are lifting heavy. And this is the yep. scary part, because as you get into the gym and as you start developing more strength focused lifting, you are putting yourself at potential risk for a prolapse. If your pelvic floor is not supporting the main organs and areas that lead to that prolapse if it's weak, right? So for anyone that doesn't know, weak and dysfunctional pelvic floor actually leads to a pelvic organ prolapse. So it's where, and it sounds gross, but it's where all your insides basically come in your outside. Like, yeah, yeah they're like, <laughs> and comes out. And it's yep. like incredibly uncomfortable. You literally look like you have a willy um, and- <laughs> You can't do anything. Like you can't lift, you can't do anything. You actually have to have surgery to have this fixed. And, you know, I'm going to say it. I've got a couple of girlfriends that have never had kids, but are very big bodybuilders. Um, and they've had a couple of, I've had two girlfriends have prolapses and had to have surgeries in their thirties. Because they lifted oh strong and never focused on that actual pelvic floor function but that's because they're not strengthening that it doesn't allow them to strengthen those surrounding muscles yeah. which goes into exactly what we're referring to here you're maybe moving maybe going through that joint movement and actually still pulling some damn heavy weight but yeah. what are you pulling with what are you activating is it traps a lot more back rather than glutes um are you actually really contracting around the area in the pelvis i think that's the biggest thing some of the women that have pelvic tilt you know <laughs> posterior wise have a posterior pelvic tilt or an interior pelvic tilt struggle with a lot of pelvic floor dysfunction because they don't really know how to contract or truly hold in right and i think if if you're listening to this and you're like i just have no idea like i have no idea you know like i'm listening to what these women are saying but i don't know where i sit i don't know what it feels like like i can't tap into that i would say do what i did all those years ago and be like i don't want to be the squirter and go to a women's health physio. So there must be a women's health physio and get an internal assessment done. And they will internally assess the elevator levels you can go to um, both at rest, laying, standing, and in a braced position. So when you're actually replicating, if you let them know that you're a lifter and you need to know about that, that functional strength under load and in the movement you would be doing they'll do that as well i get this done guys every year now just to test where i'm at and make sure that mine's still strong especially because you know i'm having babies back to back older you know there's definitely and post you know fuck like two and a half decades of heavy lifting um there's definitely big reasons why i should be checking it and i would recommend most women get it checked at least 12 to 18 months right so Go and have it tested so you know exactly where you sit. Then what I would also suggest, which I think is powerful, get a really good clinical one-on-one -on -one Pilates instructor, but they must be clinical. They must be like physio level ranked, not some, you know, 
bloody multiple people in a room class. I mean, a one-on-one with the reformer because you want them testing your pelvic recruitment. Now, I used to do mine with a ultrasound. She would put an ultrasound on me in certain movements. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because this is important and most people won't even freaking know this. Your pelvic floor should be on in every single lift, every single lift you do. It's not bracing though. This is the important part to remember. The pelvic floor recruitment comes on first, then you brace on top. Now, what I found really interesting when I learned this, you know, would have been about eight years ago where I focused and honed in on it. When they were initially saying, turn the pelvic floor on, we could see in the ultrasound, the ultrasound shows the levels of the actual muscle coming up and then like pulling back up all the contraction point, right? And you see the layers to the muscle. You see how thick it is. You see where it sort of pulls up and they can give you a gradient. So, so many degrees of, of pull, so many degrees of contraction. I was over contracting. So, so, and that can actually become a problem too. You can yeah. Over yeah. contraction where you don't actually relax the muscle all the way out. This is super interesting for people because that becomes a problem when you become pregnant. Okay. So there is such a thing as too much contraction can't actually relax. And then there is no contraction or hardly any contraction at all. You want none of that, right? You've got to be able to have a full contract, full shorten, full length and range. And you want just the right amount of contraction. So what I got to the point of was relearning and feeling through the ultrasound to show me and guide me under movement 30% because you've only got to turn it on 30%. So it's amazing that you're just, you know, and what you're to, to, to to give on, on, on that uh, feedback there, because yours was, you know, fully contracted and do it over mine actually is more on the over as well um just because i have that pelvic floor dysfunction where i can't truly release Release. as good rather than contract contracting is no problem um for me but see that feel like a real problem to you right now it's it's quite protective in your lifts but when you go to become pregnant and have a baby that's gonna be a problem so you know i think which is aware of it and you're working yeah, no. fantastic. Oh, you know, and I'm having to address it because of obviously the injuries that I have going on. And my, you know, QL has definitely been one of the the, the main factors of not really being able to fully extend um, and actually have a good pelvic tilt in my posterior chain okay. because everything has been really stuck anterior wise in that pelvic tilt. Going back to this, ladies, if you are getting stuck in the hips, number one, joint wise, you know, muscularly wise, your psoas is extremely tight. That is attached <laughs> there to that hip joint, very, very deep into your muscles, into your pelvic floor as well. And you are going to feel very weak because those tight muscles <laughs> surrounding the hips are going to make you yeah. over those muscles, which then you feel like you're working because you feel a burning sensation. Everyone relates or correlates, right? Like, um, oh, I'm burning. It's, you know, I'm, I'm actually having a workout. Well, you might be burning because those muscles are just con- over contracting as well. Um, so making sure that you address what's isolated, what you can feel. If you do not feel your lower abs, this yeah. is also giving you a big awareness. I might have some pelvic floor dysfunction. I'm not even aware. Um, it may not just be incontinence, <laughs> like oh, in not being exactly. able to control your bladder. It could be the fact that you just have a weak lower 
ab region. And that will be, a, you know, kind of a little precursor of letting you know that, yeah, this is something I can work on. Sometimes feeling that pressure in the lower back too can be another sign. Oh, of yes. Function pelvic floor weakness because the erectors are doing a lot of the work that the pelvic floor exactly. should be doing. So, so getting back to the ultrasound part on the 30 degrees that I had to learn. So I had to learn to actually relax and back off a fraction. And then I, I over the course of like a month or so, I learned what it felt like. So then I knew when I was going into a lift, okay, switching on 30%. Now I would inhale, brace, then go through. So now my setup function for a squat isn't just get under the bar, set myself, brace. My, my squat, you know, setup now is pelvic floor recruit, 30% on, then get under the bar, then sharp inhale, then brace, you know, so, and then I hold the pelvic floor throughout the whole range of motion. Now, this is the really interesting thing for a lot of women if I told you, turn that on to 30 degrees and hold it. Now holding it, breathe through it. So inhale, exhale, keep the hold on. Now while doing that, move a body part, most people would drop. Most people would drop the pelvic floor, not be able to continue to hold. So this is where training the pelvic floor is really important because what you're learning how to do is exactly how much it needs to come on, not over, not under. Then it's about learning how to breathe and cyclically work through while still having that recruitment, then it's about how to put a load on while still having that recruitment. So it's it's not as easy and simple as it sounds, and there's a little bit more to it. So this is why I'm sort of talking you through the history of what I went through, because I think if you're going to get really serious about how to get the best lifts and the best performance, if you're all about performance, you should be doing this. If you want to be set up really well for a baby and post, you absolutely need to do this. Um, and then for anyone that just wants to have great fucking sex, you need to be doing this because this is the three big double, you know, three big whammies for what most of our listeners are going to be interested in, right, is those areas. And this is these are things you need to go through. So I would suggest the Women's Health Physio Assessment know where you are. I would then suggest, you know, looking at that um, ultrasound slash clinical Pilates. Another thing I did was I bought the little, I don't even know what they're called. They're a physio-based um, air balloon and you can pump it up with a pressure thing on the side. I would put it underneath my lower back, just on my coccyx and my butt just slightly up on it. Then I would actually try to keep the dial from moving. I would recruit my pelvic floor on the 30%. I would get to the right spot. And then watching the little toggle, I would do toe taps. So under load, this is how I taught myself under load, breathing through for 10 minutes straight, I would do these toe taps and I wouldn't let the pressure change. So if you're letting the pressure and the dial move, your pelvic floor is switching off. So I got to the point where, at first, I could only do a minute. I built up one set for the 10, which is a great tip, Allie. Yeah, I want actually, what are the exercises going into that? Because that was my next, you know, thing that I was going to touch on was what are the, your favorite exercises that you've gone through to strengthen your pelvic floor? Look, th- there's a lot of different ones, but one that I think is really good because for women like you and I that had the original, and I don't know if yours has improved, mine definitely has, where it would oh, on and then you would, it, the relaxing, it would be hard. Sit onto a Swiss ball 
so that your legs are either side and you can feel your anus all the way through to your crotch mm. on the ball, right? Yes. Like mm-hmm. literally like get on there and spread your cheeks apart. So the whole yeah. lot. Like a big sumo, like a big yep. sumo. Yeah, because your pelvic floor is not just at the front. It reaches oh, all it, the way around. Yeah, that's what I was. So I'm telling you, visually yep. get a, like a diagram, you guys. Like if you haven't yet, all you got to do like, is Google. Awesome. <laughs> infographic. <laughs> it, it does you're gonna understand what we're saying here it's, it's a support it's like this big it's like this big triangle <laughs> that actually goes all the way across it's like a like a it's like a castle I like <laughs> and then what you need to think about when you're on this Swiss ball right you want to think about drawing so a good cue for people is you're on the toilet you're midstream big wee pinch the wee off and hold it hold it in that is the pelvic floor doing its function, right? Mm-hmm. Being able to control bladder and urination. That is pelvic floor function at its finest. So you want to sit on the ball and you want to feel that motion where from butt I mean, to front, you can feel it come up and into the dome. Think of it where it's so, a dome yeah, there. Think so about it coming right up and you want to in visual, you want to visualize it. You want to envision it um, coming up towards like belly button, right? Internally. Mm-hmm. Spine. You want to hold that and you want to progressively be able to hold that up to like 10 to 20 seconds. Yep. Initially, you're going to find you'll probably hold your breath. That's fine. I just want you to activate it first. Then when you release, I want you to release the whole thing. So I want you to literally feel like it gets real heavy, like dump the whole thing down from the butt to the front. You just feel real heavy across the ball. You can feel every point of contact with the ball. Wait a second recalibrate before you go again initially it's going to be a little tough for a lot of people have never done this before but eventually what you want to be able to do is draw it on hold start breathing in and out keep it on keep it on keep it on get your time up do like 10 seconds 20 second burst then drop now that's for your strength marker so there's the strength that goes you know zero to five and then you have your your fast paced you know fast twitch element to it and that's the flickering. So what you then want to do is on, off, on, off, on, off, on, off. So drop down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, like a flickering, like you're just flicking the light switch on and off. You want to be able to do that. You're going to feel your shit get so fatigued so fast. I was going to say, if you've never done this, you're going to actually experience a little bit of soreness. Yeah. You will yeah. on your first go around. You're definitely will if you've never done it. And you're going to get used to an adaptive, just like yeah. every muscle group in your body does. You'll strengthen yes and it's we'll get pretty stronger awesome. and the endurance <laughs> capacity of it will increase which is fantastic mm-hmm. especially for sexual function um but also for incontinence and you will find that your ability then to hold it through an entire range of motion will absolutely increase so for anyone else then outside of doing like that exercise that one i think is probably the absolute best one for a complete beginner um then what you want to do and this is one i always do Two minutes in the morning brushing my teeth, two minutes at night brushing my teeth. I do it while I'm standing. This is really important. We don't squat laying down, mm-hmm. squat standing. So there is an element of gravity and pressure and everything on that pelvic mm-hmm. floor, standing yeah. motion. You need to be doing your pelvic exercises standing as well as sitting and laying. Most people will do them sitting or laying only down. Or laying. Don't yeah. only do that is my next piece of advice. 
go then from a seated position on the ball to a standing position and do them, you know, if you want to do them like me, where it's two minutes in the morning, two minutes a night, well, I brush my teeth, that's four minutes a day. They tell you to try to do it two to three times a day, especially while pregnant. Um, that's it. Like, and you're going to brush your teeth anyway, so you won't forget exactly. it. I was like, that's um, the best mindless thing to do. Yeah, I think that's the best tip, Ali. I think being able to incorporate some of these movements, just for example, anyone that maybe has a sedentary job, grabbing a little Swiss ball or anything around, having it around your desk <laughs> and being able to perform those things, you're still knocking out work and you're performing some of these movements. Um, and yeah. same thing with what you're saying about the toothbrushing. I love that. Being able to do that with uh, a little bit of fairness. Um, think of this. If our pelvis is stuck, meaning the joints, you guys, your hips itself, you're never really going to truly have a full extension and really full contraction um, of any type of glute movement or abdominal movement when it comes down to it. So knowing if you are struggling, you're struggling with just being able to even turn on your pelvic floor. <laughs> probably much more getting some deep some actual myofascial release into your you know pelvis area which does suck um anyone that's already experienced this it sucks so bad like just trying to increase blood flow because what are we trying to do here is increase your blood flow around that region as well so if you can you know obviously just trying to open up your hips doing like stretches being able to you know obviously try to get some some a uh, little more length and flexibility around that area and region as well so another really cool thing for anyone that wants to do something that's evidence-backed um and pretty cool and actually makes it a little interesting and I actually just purchased one because I was like man I'm gonna give this a go there is a site called perifit p-e-r-i-f-i-t now, they actually have a device that is attached to an app on your phone that plays games and you oh insert the little device and then you're, ah. actually, you're actually playing games. It's almost like a Tetris type thing where you are using your pelvis. That is hilarious. That's going to try. It's really cool. I think it's going to make it, you know, way more fun to do things, but it's a very modern way too because you're going to get the data. So you're going to have this device reading data across to you and the best thing is they've got settings right so the different settings in the um on the probe so the thing that you choose for the games that you play and the um training that you're going to give your public for because this is a training device that it is basically linked to the different types of issues women face so you can choose pro postnatal you can choose pregnancy you can choose incontinence you can choose um pelvic right. dysfunction, right. prolapse. So whatever it is that's relevant to you, you choose and you have a specific training program for your hoo-ha, which I that's, think. Uh, that's general. individualized if you want to get yeah. with it. Right. Uh, I mean, I'm going to stick to I, my uh, What I home. thought I'd get it for and try, because I just thought, why <laughs> the hell not? Is Let us know, Ali. From the evidence, it significantly increases the rate of return postnatal. So because I'm having a C-section mm. and I'm not going to be able to do much stuff, I thought, well, you know what? I can play some games for the first six weeks and get my <laughs> Make it fun. Why not? Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, let us know because we're going to be interested so in what that. But another <laughs> thing that they really actually promote with this particular product is sexual function. 
like the increase in strength and the increase in, um, you know, contraction capacity during sexual intercourse. So oh, this that's is like the really, biggest this, major this benefit of this. Function. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to end up having a lot of fun. <laughs> thinks, hey, you know what? I don't know that I'm going to be able to just sit on a Swiss ball or practice holding my pee in. Maybe this is the You're one. a little more advanced. Yeah. And that's good. That's a good point to, yeah. to bring up the fact that some females are probably, I've done these movements. I've already strengthened my pelvic floor to this extent. I've done that. You know, maybe taking it up a notch like Ali is doing. Yeah. Well, also, if you're to someone that likes data, the reason I'm looking at it is because, you know, we all know I'm a fucking data geek. Um, I love the fact that this physically tracks your actual rate of contraction and physically shows your improvement in strength over time. More data, more data collecting yeah. is never, yeah, it's never hurt. So exactly. I, get, I get where you're coming from. And any any other female that's listening to this and feels um, the, the want to try that out, give us some feedback. I'm very curious. I'm interested in knowing. But no, going into, you know, I think the other postpartum like you were actually mentioning um the the public floor <laughs> how it functions not just for setting yourself up during pregnancy but really the recovery side of things yeah because for me it's super important you know as we with no one listening to this would expect anything less from me i'm prepping for a show straight after right so reality is i need pelvic floor function back I need lower core starting to recruit because I'm about to have all my muscles sliced and diced yet again. Yeah. So mm-hmm. more weakness put through there so that in the first sort of 12 weeks post clearance to lift again, I can work up to getting back to a big solid strength block where big heavy loads are being lifted without compromising yeah you know, my yes. function without putting pressure on that area, without giving myself a goddamn prolapse, you know, I <laughs> want to make sure that I'm in full health everywhere. And that's, it starts from the inside out, right? So this is something you can't see. It is not aesthetic, but it does add to your aesthetic if it is fully functioning and giving you proper stability. Um, you know, there is so many reasons this should be a focus, but it is a very rarely discussed topic, which is why we wanted to bring it up today. And if nothing else, and you're listening to this and you're like, I'm just that chick that when I sneeze too many times in a row, or I cough too much, I'm going to pee myself, or I have to stop walking, cross my legs. Um, <laughs> maybe this is a sign that this you should be checking it out, getting assessed, finding where you're at, and then starting to adopt some of the strategies perhaps that we've talked about um, that may help because, you know, look, I've got no issues discussing all this stuff with all of you because, hey, it's a really real thing. That's and um, normal. Yeah. This is actually an issue, though. This, the reason why we wanted to bring this up for a lot of we oversee it. Well, I'm going to put myself as an example here or even multiple clients that will oversee it because it doesn't feel hard. It doesn't, you don't, like you said, yeah. you don't feel it very much. Yeah, you so don't, you don't really well know yeah. it's there. You, you work your abs. You're like ab work, core work. Let's get these abs, you know, let's work the obliques. Let's work our glutes. Let's work our quads. Well, guys, these are all regions that are really actually being very much so worked. Start, yes, supported starting from the inside out here is going to be the pelvic floor. And, and you don't might have to control of it. You might not think it's a problem because you might not ever have lifted heavy enough for it to be a problem either, right? right. So right. once you start actually getting to a certain point, you're going to know what we're talking about. And this is for people that even have decent pelvic control. 
you're going to understand that there is still an element of pressure there. Um, so it's 100% definitely something you should get checked. Um, now, this peri-fit, should you decide to look at something like this, actually does have like a assessment mechanism in it. So it will assess in the five functions, which is strength, endurance, frequency, release, and accuracy. So that quick, that quick versus the long hold. Um, so you could use that if you feel embarrassed and don't want to go to a women's health coach. You can do this shit in the privacy of your own home and no one even needs to know that you're totally. bored. You know what I mean? Like there are many options there, but I'd say advanced version, but if you just want to start with something simple, you can literally just do some floor yeah, mat work. You can absolutely have the Swiss ball standing. We got those, you know, three different style, I guess, of movements. You can do one on the floor, could literally be tucking in the pelvis, breathing in, controlling, <coughs> and actually having, like Ali said, breath coming out, knowing that you have that control of the pelvic floor being turned on. Um, think of anything like vacuums, right? I think vacuum work is a, is a, is a another really uh, good tool just to be able to control not just the core but also understand the pelvic floor it's kind of like in unison um, so that's all stuff that can be done from a mat you can do vacuums from standing as well or even from hinging I think that uh, the, the one that Ali mentioned standing up and just kind of turning yeah. it on um, is functional, functional, yeah, functional load which I think is important yeah and the Swiss ball one I love that one I thought that yeah. that sumo stands and cool because you visualizing feel, correct you can feel it coming up and then you actually can feel whether or not it fully releases yes you, you totally relax. do don't want to I, bring I've actually down from say level four to level two or level four to level one and not get all the way to the ground it has to come back to the ground so if you use that visual in your mind and you're thinking about literally going up the elevator coming out going back in coming back down like you want to be you know, utilizing those tools to help you recognize where you're at. Um, but literally, I think, look, what we've touched a lot on is the fact that maintaining pelvic floor health is incredibly important, that you want to target these muscles by doing the Kegel exercise, which is the things we've talked about. Do you also want to be managing, look, managing your body weight is another important thing. If you're carrying excessive, excessive loads of body weight, the likelihood of having more pressure on that and then, more weakness, more dysfunction, potential for prolapse is higher. Also, another thing is don't go letting yourself be constipated constantly and thinking that's normal because that also puts a lot of pressure on the, the whole pelvic function. So yeah, the, whole, the whole regular whole. bowel movements are also yeah. super important. Like, yeah. can't stress that enough. Bowels. Your hormones, guys. I mean, you, that's a big key here. You already know yeah. the hormones are a very big role and just understanding that that pressure, like Ali said, is coming from the organs surrounding it, the muscles surrounding it. And hey, if there are actual allied health specialists that have niche areas of focus of women's health, that's telling you something, right? If, if you can create an entire profession around this, it's telling you how important it is. Very true. It's a very so, problematic area. It's also telling you that there are specialists to go and see that really know their shit inside this realm. So I would strongly suggest seeking them out. But um, hey, look, I hope everyone had either a bit of a giggle at the squirt or <laughs> a bit of a, oh my God, that's me when I that's, laugh. Or I or, hey, that's really interesting. I'd like to know where I sit. Um, I hope we've given you enough information, enough tools and resources to be able to go and make, you know, some form of action from here. Um, and if not, or if you just, you know, 
have questions, feel free to DM us. I mean, look, I'm open. As you can tell, I talk about everything. Um, I will always answer anything you have to, um, you know, send me. And I'm more than happy to, you know, have a one-on-one conversation with someone if they want to have a one-on-one conversation about this. And I've got specialists that I can put you in contact with, um, especially in Australia. And then there are people that I work with that are online um, that deal with some of my athletes all over the world. So, you know, this stuff isn't, it's, it's, it's common guys yes it's very common so don't don't feel alone and if you aren't dealing with any of these things and you're just trying to learn you know maybe some of your clients if you're a coach that's listening and you're just wanting to make sure oh man I should address these things these are actually so and so client has actually these symptoms uh so definitely take a look at you know those people and if you're that person start getting that pelvic floor stronger. You're just going to benefit (laughs) so much better uh, for so many other things in life. So not just, you know, holding your urine and not being able to pee on yourself, (laughs) but so much other positive things. Um, But again, I I agree, Ali, if anyone's ever, you know, in, in just need of wanting a little extra information, please never hesitate to reach out to us. And we really appreciate you guys listening and tuning in. And we will get back on the rhythm of getting these episodes back out to you guys. And we will see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Queen Divas, Queens of Fitness podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Queen Divas Pod, on Twitter at Queen Divas 4, and follow our hosts on Instagram, Alicia at Alicia Gowans underscore WBFF Pro, and Steph at Stephanie Ayala 7. See you all next week.